that's uh, getting close to having their baby, and, and um, they weren't able to be here, and it just worked out for the word that the Lord put on my heart today and tonight that they would, they would testify, because I want to talk about something here in the Bible. We're actually going to end up in a second in the book of Acts, but Jude is right before Revelation, and I want to read a verse, and I believe it's chapter, or sorry, verse 21. I had to get there myself. And as you're getting there, let's just, let's just pray real quick. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you for having church on Wednesday nights. Lord, as we're, we're realizing, I was talking to my father this week, there's so many churches that are downsizing and, and doing less and getting together less and, and having less fellowship, Lord. And that is not what your word says. Your word says as, as your return comes closer that we would get together more. And so we're thankful tonight that we have a Wednesday night service, and not just a Bible study, but praise and worship and kids and, and testimonies and, and prayer and all these things, because this is what builds us up to do the work of God. So we thank you for this building. We thank you for your spirit in this place. We thank you for your growth. And we ask that you would just anoint the words just for the few minutes of my mouth, that we would get something out of this, and it would be something we remember. Thank you for your word. By, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Satan, you are defeated tonight by the blood of Jesus. You have no power, no authority, and you cannot deceive us or lie to us in any way. And the blood of Jesus is against you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Let's look at verse 20. And uh, as you'll see the, the uh, background tonight, under construction, building our faith together is the title. It's kind of a long one, but... Sometimes when I look for that thing behind me that you can look at, I do that on purpose and I've been doing it for about a year because I realized a lot of times if you come in late or, or if you just miss a second of a title in, in a message, then you can lose track of where it's going and sometimes if you can look back up there, it can help you focus. Okay, this is what we're talking about and I feel like it's a big, a big blessing. Verse 20 says, but you beloved... And you might want to underline this in your Bibles, building yourselves up, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Well, that was just said, keep yourselves at prayer. Jesse just said that we got to stay the course. He says, keep yourselves in the things of God and the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Amen? So I want you to think tonight that we, we, are, we are as a church, this God's plan, and, and how many heard in the prayer there, that, that's, that's happening. It's like more and more, uh, even churches that are big and have great facilities, that you would think, man, they could just have something every night they're just having less and less services. They're having less and less things go on. They're having less and less fellowship. And, and the Bible says as, as his return grows closer, we need, to go, we need to get together more. And we need to build each other up more. And I want to go to the book of Acts. And I want to look at an awesome story. And uh, interesting that, that uh, Nestor and Priscilla testified because we're going to talk about a lady in the Bible called Priscilla. In the book of Acts chapter 18. And I want to kind of read several verses here, if you would, and I just want to kind of encourage us to understand that we together as a body in a church, we need each other. Can you say amen? amen? We need each other. I need you, and you need me, and we need each other. 
And, and we can sometimes get that mentality from the enemy that nobody needs me, I'm not important, uh, I don't have a real uh, validity in the kingdom of God, but you do. You do, and, and, and what I want to encourage you to understand tonight is that you have more validity than you think you do. You're more important than you think you, you are, and you are, are, are more needed in other people's lives than you think you are. And, and there's many verses that I could have gone into. I think of Proverbs 27 says, iron sharpens iron. I think of that verse in Jew where it says, building each other up, admonishing each other in the faith, where we're encouraging each other to say, listen, this, times are hard. Hey, I've missed you for a while. I want to continue to encourage you guys tonight. We know that we're in transition still. How many realize we're still in transition from the other building? There's some people who haven't made it over here yet. Or if they've made it over, they haven't made it over consistently. And, and we need, as a team and as a body of believers, we need, after this message, to think more, hey, uh, who have I not seen for a while? And, and listen, I might, I'm just I'm not being the pastor, if I was just sitting there as you as, you as, a, as a member of the church, I, I might think, man, if I tried to call that person, um, I don't really have a relationship with that person, I don't know them well, they might not even uh, know who I am, but someone in this place knows that person, you've got someone you're thinking about that you haven't seen for a while, and you can take the initiative to call them and say, hey, we haven't seen you for a while. Where have you been? Hey, we're in this new building, or, you know, it's been several services, it's been several Sundays, and, and not, not condemn them and say, what, what, what have you been doing, or why haven't you been here, but just say, we want to see you back, and we want to encourage you. Let me see your hands if you in this place have, in the time you've been coming, whether it's a month or since we started the church, at some point or sometime, somebody reached out to you and encouraged you, and that was one of the reasons you came back in at a certain point in your life. Let me see your hands during church. See, look around. Look at all those hands. Somebody reached out and said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. Where have you been? We've been missing you. We want to see you again. And there's something powerful about that, and we're going to see that principle right here in Acts 18. Okay? The kingdom of God is built together. Let's start off in verse 1. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I want to read several verses here. Verse 1, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome and he came to them. So before we keep reading, we're seeing something here that we can relate to our walks today. They were being heavily persecuted, heavily persecuted. And how many know tonight that are listening to my voice, we don't know persecution. We don't know what persecution is. We don't have a clue what persecution is. And, and, and I don't want us to know what it is. But I'm telling you, when we read these words and we read these Bibles, now for us it might feel like it's persecution, but you can't compare to the things these people were going through, amen? And they were being so persecuted that they had to leave their city. They had to leave where they lived, and, and, they, and they did it on purpose because they did not want to hear any more about this man called Jesus. They were tired of hearing that name, and you have to understand the Jews did not want to hear that name because they did not believe that he was the Messiah. They did not believe that he was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and so they didn't want to hear it. And so Paul, we know, the background here is Paul is... Is now Paul, but he was Saul just a few chapters earlier. 
And he is very known in the scriptures, very, very knowledgeable of the law. And he understood all the scriptures leading up. And he also did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He was alive at that time. When Jesus came on the earth, walked the earth, died on the cross, rose from the dead, he was alive. And we know that from the story of Acts chapter uh, 7, 8, and 9, where he has his conversion experience, we know that he is, is doing his job of killing Christians, persecuting Christians, going after them and arresting them. It was his, his zeal and his calling and his duty, as we would see today uh, it, with, with other uh, uh, religions that are, that are violent, going after people, killing people. That is exactly what Paul was doing. We're seeing that today in the world. That's what Paul did. Paul was killing Christians. And then we know that he had a conversion experience on the way to Damascus. And he saw Jesus face to face in a vision. Jesus revealed himself to him. He fell off his horse. And he was so blinded by the light of God that he lost his sight. And then he was led to the house of Cornelius. And Cornelius told him this is what happened. And then Paul was born again. Okay, Paul was born again. He, he became a believer in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the risen Savior. Amen. And he began to preach that, and he's preaching that now when we pick up here. And he's going, and, and, and now he's finding other people. This is what we need to relate to tonight. He's finding other people who believe uh, in Jesus, and he's going to different places and, 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 and this excites me when I read Acts and Colossians and Corinthians and all these different things because it's a picture of us today. We're a church. They were a church. And here we are 2,000 years later. Now, obviously, they probably didn't have chairs this nice to sit on. They obviously did not have electricity in their, in their places of gathering. They did not have sound systems. There's so many things they did not have that we have. We're so blessed to have. They did not have technology, which most of the time is good for us. Amen. Most of the time. It might have been good to not have it in some other ways. But they didn't have any of that stuff. But they were doing the same thing we're doing here. We just came back from a conference where we have churches all around the world. And, and we have people who are spreading the gospel. And that happens because people are building up other people. That's how the gospel is, 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 is moved. And so we think about tonight uh, Priscilla and Nestor in our church just as a recent example of some of the newer converts in our church who have really came into the church, and they're not the only ones, there's many in here, but have really came into the church and, and changed their lives. They're not the same people that they used to be. And the, the interesting thing is, is this, some of you knew them before. I didn't know them. Some of you in this place knew them before, knew the life they lived, and, and, and knew how, who they were, and you were different yourself. And that's a blessing in itself that we can know that. But the thing I'm trying to get you to understand is that doesn't happen if someone doesn't come along and say, I'm going to invest my life in somebody else's life. And we got to get to a place where we're building each other up and we're finding out how I can lose my life to encourage somebody else to make it. You know, there's nothing greater. I can say this with absolute truth and no worry about lying or anything. Uh, you know, my, my father-in-law got up Sunday morning and talked about me for that whole service. And I didn't want him to. I was not, didn't, I, I don't, I've never looked for that. My greatest joy 
honestly, is to see somebody else that I have touched in some way do something great for God. I get way more joy out of seeing somebody else do something for God than I do out of myself doing something for God. My greatest moments, my most joyful moments, are when I see somebody give a testimony of how they've changed their life, how they've had a better marriage, how they've got a promotion, how they've got a new house, how they've witnessed to someone and got them saved, uh, to see the disciples get up here and preach. Those are the things that cause me great joy. Now, we say, well, you're the pastor. That doesn't have to be the only, I don't have to be the only person that gets that joy. It's not God's will for me to have that only joy. If a church is healthy, many people, if not all the people in the church, are seeing other people be built up in the Word of God, and they're watching, and they're saying inside of them, I had a part in that. I ministered to that person. I encouraged that person. I helped that person. That's what we're going to see right here in the Bible as, as Paul is finding Aquila and Priscilla. And they have departed uh, to, to Corinth because of that. So let's read on in verse 3. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for by their op- occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue. This is a shift right here. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. So just to throw this out, he was still Jewish at this moment. Messianic Jew, you could call it. He had believed on Jesus Christ, but he was still going into the Jewish synagogue, and he was preaching in that place, being careful of his words so that he could have an audience. He was saying things in a certain way where he would not throw them off. He was not ashamed of Jesus. We know that. But he was speaking in the synagogue, and watch what it says here. He was persuading Jews and Greeks. Now think about that for a second. Does that, does that cause anybody to go, wow, if he's in the synagogue, who goes to the synagogue? Jewish people. Why were there Greeks in there? Because there was a mighty move of God. And even in the synagogue, people were hearing about what was going on, and they were coming into that place. Isn't it God's will tonight that in this place we have all kinds of people? All kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of races, all kinds of different job descriptions, all kinds of things coming into a place and learning about Jesus. There's an awesome thing to see all the brethren coming together and worshiping God together. He's preaching and Jews and Greeks are listening and being persuaded. Let's keep reading. And when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews. Now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he, he's, he gets a boldness on him. Can you imagine being, let's just throw this out today for us to make it a little, a little more um, easy to understand. Can you imagine me going in uh, every week and just saying the right things to get a, a, a footing in, the, in, a, in a mosque? And I'm saying everything about God and Allah and whatever. And you could, it could be the same thing in another religion. I could go into the Mormon church, whatever. You're just saying the right things. And, and they're not fake things, but they're the right things. And then all of a sudden, on a, one day that I'm, I've got an audience, I all of a sudden say, by the way, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. And he brings that out. Can you imagine what that would do? 
It's easy for us to say that in here because we're believers or we're learning to be believers. But can you imagine by the power of the Holy Spirit, how many want to be compelled by the Spirit of God to speak like that? Come on. That God would just say, speak to that person. You know, sometimes we think, well, what am I going to say or am I going to bother them? I, I, I feel like I, even today I had to get something done on my truck. Uh, when I was getting my emissions done, and there was a guy in there, a Hispanic guy, I heard him talking to this other guy, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, I'm going to put myself on blast, talk to him. He was asleep, though. He was asleep. I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to speak to him and tell him about Jesus, and I didn't. I'm just going to be honest. He was asleep. But how many times do we get compelled and we go, is that the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Am I supposed to talk to that person? Let me tell you something. Let me help you tonight. If you think you, that he's telling you to do it, he's telling you to do it. <laughs> Don't talk yourself out of it. Just tell him. Hey, I should have said, Señor, despiértese. Cristo te ama. And just start talking to him. But he was sleeping really good. So I did not want to bother him. But that's on me. I should have. But he's compelled to testify to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Now, keep reading. When they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. Didn't we talk about that just recently? It's not about what we say. It's not about us persuading them. It's about us saying the name of Jesus. It's about us saying Jesus loves you. It's about us saying Jesus is the king. Jesus is Lord. We just say those words and let the, let the chips fall where they fall. Amen. Come on, somebody. How many of, how many of us got to get better at that? Just say it. Jesus loves you. Jesus can save you. Jesus can help you. And let the Holy Spirit do his job. And then you can be like Paul and say, hey, your blood's on your heads. I am clean. He says, now watch this. Watch this strong statement. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And there we see a shift in the gospel. He says, I'm not going to preach to the Not that he would never preach to them again, but his focus was no longer. You know, this is, this is a really important thing for us. Somebody get this tonight. Our focus in church is not to get people who are saved, saved. Our focus is to go get people who do not know Jesus saved. Our focus is to tell people who've never heard the gospel about the gospel. Amen. We're not to proselyte and to try to get people to come over to our church and, hey, you'll like it over here. We've got to go get the people who don't know Jesus. Amen. Who are not saved tonight. We've got to go after them. But that comes down to us doing something when we leave this building. It's not about what goes on in here. It's about what goes on outside the four walls, like Paul said at the offering. Read on with me. I'm going to push through this. And departed from there, verse 7, and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, or Hustus probably, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. This is revival right here. And then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, watch this, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord and all his household. Can you imagine the leader of a mosque or a church or a sect or religion getting saved in front of everybody and say, hey, I'm not doing this no more. I found the truth. I found Jesus Christ as Lord. He's my answer. I'm not doing this religion stuff no more. I'm, I'm preaching Jesus. Amen. And guess what? It's happening. But it's not on the news. 
It's happening. So watch what happens. Then Crispus, the ruler, believed on the Lord, his, him and his whole house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. And this is a verse I think I gave just recently. I don't remember what service recently. But it says, the Lord spoke to Paul, and this is for all of us, in the night by a vision, do not be afraid, but speak. Speak. And do not keep silent, even if they're sleeping. Amen. Amen. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, and I have, for I have many people in this city. And then we go, I'm not going to read the rest, but it goes on where he continues to preach. He, and then go down to 17. He, he's preaching to the Greeks, and the ruler of the synagogue beat him before the judgment seat. And Gallio took notice of these things. Ask yourself when the last time you got beat up for witnessing was. We, we've talked about we don't know what persecution is. I mean, we, we get someone that like, oh, I don't want to hear that. Or don't talk to me. But I doubt if anybody in here has ever been just straight up socked for saying something about Jesus. And definitely not beat up. Like beat up. So what, what does Paul do after he gets beat up? Verse 17. Sorry, verse 18. He remained. He remained a good while. Most people have been like. And, and it reminds me of the story that I, my, my father-in-law just quickly mentioned Sunday. That we had that church in Los Cuadros. And they came and shot the church up. And, and when they shot that church up, they shot nine times. It'd be like tonight, us just like this. We have doors on both sides, glass on both sides. All of a sudden, we just start hearing gunshots. Thank God they didn't have glass doors. They had wood doors. None of the bullets went through the doors. They're having church, and, and I remember getting the call, and, and, and they were praying. They were in their prayer time. It was before service. I don't usually have my cell phone in, but I did that night. And I answered the phone, and Pastor Miguel is said, Pastor, Pray. Pastor, pray. They're shooting the church up. And I heard the bullets going off in the background. Now the crazy thing is, is he called me instead of the police. <laughs> one of the reasons is, the police don't go in there. And the other one is, hey, call someone who's going to pray. Amen. Amen. And so we prayed immediately. We were in our prayer room. We prayed. But I said that because they got shot up. And that night, I called him. And I said, Miguel, as I would tonight. I, I, I would do it again. I said, we're getting you out of there. Because me and Carla talked, and we're like, we cannot leave this family in there. If it was us, I think we'd probably leave. I'm just, I'm just being real. How many of you sound all spiritual all you want? Sound all spiritual all you want until nine bullets hit your church. And, 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 and I said, we're getting you out of there. We're going to move you someplace else. We cannot, we're not, I'm not going to put your family in danger. And he told me, Pastor, I'm not leaving. Now, wasn't it defiant? It was, he said, I'm not leaving. God calls us this place. And he's still there today. And that was 10 or 12 years ago. They stayed. They stayed in that church. What gives you that power to do that? That God is real. That, that people around you have, have built up your faith enough to know this is not a religious decision I've made. This is real. This is God. Amen. How many? I'm not asking if you're there, but how many want to be there? How many want to be there in your walk? They beat him. 
he, he, he gets, he gets uh, attacked. And then now, I want you, just what I want you to see right here, these last few verses to close. Paul remained a good while and then took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria. So he, we know where Syria is today. He leaves that beating and goes to Syria. That's a great place to go, right? And Priscilla and Aquila were what? With him. Hmm. These disciples went with him, and they accompanied him. Had his hair cut off at Chentrea, for he had taken a vow, verse 19, and he came to Ephesus and left them there. Look at this. Here's where we see. You ever wonder why we say reach, teach, send? They planted a church right here. This is where you raise up a couple, and you, you send them into an area, and you start a work. What we're doing, it's, it's not on the greatest scale like the Bible. I wish we'd have started 50 churches. But we started a few. We got one of our own out of here in the States, in Carrollton. And that's what we did. We raised up a couple that was ours, that got saved in this church. They did not come from another church. They were not already born again. They came into this church and got saved. And for us, they're like a Priscilla and an Aquila. And they got discipled. And now they're pastoring a church in Carrollton. And they're growing every week and doing great things. We're seeing that right here in the Bible. He says they went to Syria and, and they were with him. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. So he goes into another synagogue. Now read on with me. When, when they asked him to stay a longer time, he did not consent, but took leave of them and said, I must by all means keep this feast coming in Jerusalem, but I will return to you God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. Now watch this. And he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church. He went down to Antioch. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over the region of Galatia and Persia in order, and watch this, strengthening all the disciples. As we're beginning to close tonight, I want you to begin to ask yourself, in my walk, in my life, do I strengthen people around me? Do I make other people stronger believers? Does my life and my actions and my words cause people to question their faith? Or cause people to want to live more for Jesus? That's a sobering thought. We should ask ourselves that. And if we're not in the place we want to be, we can say, God, help me. Something can rise up inside of us and say, Lord, I want that. I want to be the person that makes people around me better. Amen? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I would hope every single one of you feel that way. Now let's read the last couple of verses here that the Lord really put on my heart and just kind of talks about here. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man. Watch this. And, and what does it say in the scriptures? Mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. And this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord though he only knew the baptism of John so here's some really neat things here uh, to write down or to, to, to focus on or to, or to want to be willing to be instructed willing to be instructed here's the interesting thing this man the Bible tells me right here we just read it was an eloquent man meaning he was good with his words and it says that he was mighty in the scriptures Think of someone you know, if you know someone, that you go, wow, 
That person's mighty in the scriptures. What does that mean? They know the word of God. They know how to use it. They live it. Because we're not talking about someone tonight that's just got a, because we know those people, just got a head knowledge. We're not talking about a head knowledge. We're talking about mighty in the scriptures. Because I'm not impressed by someone who can quote scriptures. I'm impressed by someone who quotes it and lives it. Right? That, that's what should impress us. And so he says he was mighty in the scriptures, yet he was willing to learn fervent in spirit. So you got, you got mighty in the word, eloquent, inst- instructed, be able to be instructed, fervent in the spirit, and he taught things accurately. That should be a desire of our heart, that we would say things that are God's words and not ours. Amen? We've got the Bible for that. And then it says, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And here we come and we see the building our faith together. Here we see something very interesting. This is tying this all together tonight. Verse 26, second half. It says, when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, this is so interesting. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Think about that. He's preaching like I'm preaching And he gets off the platform after service and a couple comes over to him and they see something in him. They say, man, you've got got a great anointing. But you you don't know the whole... They weren't even telling him that what he was saying was wrong. He didn't know... The Bible says he only knew the baptism of John. That means he he, he only knew repentance. He did not understand that Jesus Christ had come to live a perfect life die on the cross for their sins, be raised again from the dead, and that the only way to heaven was Jesus Christ. He did not know this. He only knew the baptism of John. And so they say, we see a great potential in you, and we would like to teach you. We would like to instruct you. Now, there has to be a, a, a Holy Spirit anointing on that for that to work has to be said in a way where it's not presumptuous has to be done in a way where it's not boastful or prideful and then that man has to humble himself to say you know what I don't know everything I don't know everything I want you to repeat this after me tonight I don't know everything hopefully everybody said it I don't know everything you don't know everything we don't know everything no matter how long you have been reading this book, you're still a disciple. They asked me at our, at our discipleship workshop, Pastor M, I think he mentioned that Sunday morning priest, when do you stop being a disciple? Never. Never. I'm ever learning. I can learn from you. You can learn from me, but I can learn from you too. I can learn by watching how you do things, how, how you work in your family, how you treat people. Don't ever get to the place where you feel like you've arrived. Because here we see a couple who, who's just, and I think of a lot of couples in our church that are like this. I think of a lot of couples in the home church that I've seen over the span of, of 18 years that they're just always there. They're just always there. I see these couples when I go back at conference, and I'm not going to mention names tonight, but there's a few that come to my mind, and I tell them every time I see them, I say, you guys are just amazing. You guys are always here, and you're always the same, and you're always doing the same thing. And they're they're couples that every church needs, and we have them, but I believe we could all be like this. 
We could all be like this. And it doesn't have to just be couples. It could be individuals, singles, whatever. But there are people who are not concerned about getting credit for what they're doing. They just love their church, love the kingdom of God, love the word of God, and just want people to live for God. They're behind-the-scenes people who just invest in people. And, and listen, when a lot of times when pastors and couples get up to go out, I know for a fact some of these couples I'm talking about are couples who have had those people at their houses, who have loved on them, and, and they've never been on the pulpit, they've, but they have taught those couples things. And they are smiling from ear to ear when those couples go out because they have been like a Priscilla and Aquila. They have invested and built up these men and women so that they could do something for God. So some people are behind the scenes people, and they'll never be seen. Some people are in front of the scenes people, but they can do behind the scenes things. But the key to this is the attitude that we would want to, to help and do things so that the end result is that Christ would be glorified. So that's the challenge to you tonight to realize that we are all building each other up. And you might not realize it, but something you have can sharpen me. Something you have can encourage me. I've said it many times to my wife over the years. I I listen to some of you testify. I listen to some of you you walk your walk and and it encourages me to stay my my path. To go on doing what I'm doing because, because I see you doing it. And I hope it's the same with you to me. I hope that we're encouraging each other and we're lifting each other up and that we can all become Priscilla's and Aquila's. We can all be encouragers. Isn't it so much better to encourage and lift up and build up than to tear down? Just be that person that's, that's, hey man, you you can do it. Because we're all going to have different moments where it's our time to step up. And and I just just really feel like God's going to speak something to you tonight through this. And that maybe you can read this chapter 18 again. They get mentioned again in 1 Timothy 4.19, I believe it is, and also 1 Corinthians. I don't remember what chapter, but it's in 1 Corinthians. They get mentioned again, and they're there. Just think about all the people, and at one point, Peter later, Peter later is mentioning them. They just, people come and go, but they're just there. That's, that's the kind of people that when they get to heaven, God's going to be like, man, we got a nice place for you. You have worked. You have labored. It has not been about you. It has been about the kingdom of God. And the master has noticed. Amen. Don't lie tonight. Don't try to. This is where you don't be humble. You want the master to notice. No matter if anybody else notices, but you want the master to notice. Father, thank you for your word tonight. The book of Acts is our example. It's the church, the first church. Everybody in here tonight's at a different place, different walk, different maturity. But I pray that the desire would be there to be like Priscilla and Aquila that just came along to work and just encouraged, edified, lifted up, and just were pillars. I can build somebody up tonight. Somebody can build me up tonight. And if we're doing that, people are growing. People are maturing. People are stepping into their destiny tonight. 
your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, how many tonight could say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I don't believe till tonight or didn't believe Jesus is the Son of God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes unto the Father except through Him. I need to be saved tonight. I need to be born again. Would you pray for me right now? Would you, would you lift me up in prayer? I want to make sure that my name's in the Lamb's book of life. If that's you, just put your hand up. I want to pray for you right now all over this place. We're going to take just a moment like we have been to, to pray. If you'll stand to your feet tonight, we're going, to, we're going to pray tonight for those that might be listening. The Lord spoke this to me a, a couple months ago. Someone might be listening to a message, and they need Jesus right now. We're going to say that prayer. Amen. And how many want the challenge tonight that we, we see people that you're meeting, you're ministering to, you're witnessing to, start raising their hands in services and saying, I want Jesus. Is there anything better than to see someone you know walk to this altar and give their life to Jesus? There's nothing better. So we're going to say this all together. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, forgive me tonight for all of my sins. Wash me clean in your blood. I know that I fall short of your glory. And the ultimate wages of my sin is death. But you've got a gift called eternal life through Jesus Christ. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart. God raised him from the dead. Come into my life. Be my master and my Lord. And write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to I do one more thing tonight. I want to make this quick, different than normal. If, 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 if the Lord has spoken to you, not me, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you tonight, deep inside, and you mean it, you want to be a Priscilla and Aquila. You want to be somebody who builds up and edifies. I want you to come forward. I want to pray for you tonight. You want to be that person. I want to pray for you. I, I, I want to be that person. I want to, you don't have, you can come as a couple, you can come individually. I, I really believe that God wants us to do this. I really believe he's got people behind us. He's got someone you can minister to tonight. You might be here saying, well, how do I do it? What do I do? That's why you come. That's why you come to church. You come to be instructed. Now, we have three full services a week. And that's awesome. The best start you can do is to come to every service. That's the first, first start. There's many other things beyond that. But the first thing is say, I'm going to be at every service. I'm going to come like on tonight on Wednesday night and, and, and run from work or run from what I got to do. And I'm going to bring my notebook I'm going to start learning. I'm going to start paying attention. I'm not just going to, you know, there's a reason why, and, and, and listen, if you don't take notes, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to beat that dead horse. But when you take notes, you're getting it better. I don't care how smart you are. I haven't said this for a long time. If you take notes, you hear the message, you, you only retain probably 20% of it, even if you're smart. But if you take notes and write them down, while you're writing them down, something's happening. You, and you probably get about half the message. But if you'll, t if you'll listen to the message, take notes, and then go home and go over the notes, you'll get the whole message. And then on top of that, you can listen to the podcast again and listen to it again. 
to, you do it till it, it becomes second nature and you say, okay I got that principle I've got that principle down I understand that principle that that's what God where God wants us to be and then outside of that when you say okay I'm committed it's it, we're not doing this for our numbers we're doing it because if anybody in here has understood Priscilla and Nestor for example tonight is their example they've been able to change their lives and come in and become disciples and really turn their lives around because they've made a commitment and there's been some times recently over the time where works tried to get in and, and where such situations have come let me tell you something guys there's always going to be something to do there's always going to be something else there's always going to be an excuse there's always going to be work calling you have to get to a place where you say listen I, I know I, my lifeline is, is getting to church and being in fellowship so I'm, I'm, I'm drawing some boundaries now we understand things happen I, I'm not saying that I'm saying in general if, they, if, you, if you keep saying yes to your boss every time they ask you to come in they're going to keep asking you but if you put your foot down and say look I, I've got I'm, with all respect I've, I've got to be at church this is very important to me we saw that in Joely's little example just a little 16 year old girl she, she said I'm, I, I got to go to church I can't miss youth. I can't miss Sundays. God will honor that. And, and you're, you're, you're putting something forward. And then you get past that hump and you get some growth. And then outside of coming to the services, we have so many things. We have fire starters on Tuesday nights. We can go to a house and you can learn from a Priscilla and Aquila in our church. We have discipleships. We have ladies meetings. We have prayer meetings. We have youth. We have all kinds of stuff all the time going on and, and, and just ways that you can learn so that you can get to a place where you, if you have questions, the questions can be answered. Amen. They can be answered. I'll stay here all night, every night. Come to me and ask me questions. I, I'm, I'm here for you. Ask me. I don't understand this. What, how, what, what is, how do we do this? Why do we do this? I'll give you the answer from the Bible. That's, that's what's going to grow us. And, and how many believe with me? Don't just, don't just say it to say it. You don't have to. But how many really believe we're in this building for a reason? And that there's a harvest coming, and he has to have us ready for it. We have to be prepared to receive the harvest. All the people that God wants to bring in, all the, all the dirty people. And I don't mean dirty physically, I mean dirty spiritually. All the spiritually dirty people that many of us were. So we have to say, Lord, make me a Priscilla and Aquila. Now if you're a married couple, boom. If you're not, you're a Priscilla, you're an Aquila. You're one of those who say, I'm, I, I want to begin tonight to, to learn. I want to begin tonight to become a sponge. And, 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 I'm, and I'm praying about doing something on Wednesday nights that I think will help. Um, Pastor Dylan's doing it as well, where we do some stuff about just fundamental things we believe in. Just to make sure that everybody knows. You can't get enough of that. You can't get enough of making sure you know what you believe. And it's all about Jesus. Amen. So I just want to pray over you. It's a, it's a Wednesday night. Uh, we had an awesome, so just so you know, in case you weren't here, we had an awesome Sunday night service. power of God was so strong. We had, we had an awesome altar time. This is the time where we, we just let God speak to us. Amen? But I want to pray over you as your pastor tonight. And I want to pray that something would be planted inside of us tonight. That that spirit of Priscilla and Aquila would be in, in us. And we would just have a desire just to go build people up. And, and, and not be afraid to say, hey, how can I help you? How, what can you teach me? What can I teach you? How many saw the humility there? From that man who was very eloquent, very knowledgeable in the word, and he listened to that couple and went on to do great things. Amen. Father, I pray tonight over every man, 
every woman, every teenager, every young person that's here right now that has come forward. Lord, what an awesome picture to see all these Priscilla's and Aquila's up here tonight that have a, a real desire inside of them to build up for the kingdom of God. Lord, I know tonight that you have got in this place mighty ministry, Father. You've got mighty, mighty people in this place. That word in Acts says that you have many people in this city. We are the people that you have for this city. We are the people. We're not the only church, but we're not concerned about other churches because they're already saved. We're concerned about lost people tonight that need to come in and learn from us, Father. Need to come in and get saved and need to come in and get transformed and need to come in and, and, and step into their destiny, Father, for their lives. And so tonight, Lord, this isn't about emotion. This isn't about necessarily crying or feeling it, but it's about making a decision to say, God, I'm here to be planted. I'm here to become a, a biblical Priscilla or Aquila so I can be an encourager and I can go out and build others. And Lord, it's going to start right here. And devil, I tell you tonight that you cannot lie, you cannot deceive, because you're trying to tell some people tonight they can't be that. And that's a lie from the devil. And you are a liar, and we command you to get out of our minds and get out of our hearts, because God wants to do something great in us. And Lord, we accept that tonight, and we step into it tonight, and we'll be like Paul, we'll be bold as a lion tonight, Jesus. We will speak your word and not be silent tonight, Father. And Lord, when you speak something to us, we will say it. And Lord, when someone is speaking something to us, we will receive it, Father. We will be humble and learning and fervent in our spirits tonight, Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for what's going to come out of this. I thank you for the fruit that's going to come. I thank you for the revival that's going to come and the souls that are going to come from the north and the south and the east and the west tonight, Jesus, that you're going to bring into this place and you're going to disciple people and people are going to be solid in the things of God. Not, not people on milk, but solid, Father. And, and people who are solid are people who multiply. Listen carefully. People who are solid are people who multiply themselves. It's not just about knowing the Word of God. It's not just about speaking the Word of God, but it's about multiplying ourselves and people wanting to be around us and wanting to have what we have because it's genuine. Lord, we loose this tonight over our church. And I thank you in advance for what we're going to see. I thank you in advance for the steps that are going to be taken. I thank you for all those who tonight are already Priscilla's and Aquila's in a certain way, but are desiring to be greater. Do your work tonight, Lord. It's your job, not mine. And we, we seal this by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we give you lordship continually in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just give the Lord thanks tonight, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I know, I know we would normally sing a song and everything, but just take a few minutes after, fellowship a little bit after. If you got to go, that's fine. Make sure you get your kids. But there's nothing like starting right away with something. You know, just, just start building. I'm not a jealous pastor. I'm not a micromanager. I want, I want, I want this thing to blow up. I want thing, great things to happen. If, as long as you're doing it the way God wants it to be done, I'm, I want to see you flourish. I'm 
telling you, I get my greatest joy from seeing other people do what they're supposed to do for God. Amen. As I do what I'm supposed to do for God. So um, just run with this. Start, start. You might not be like, be like tonight, what in the world am I supposed to do? Holy Spirit will tell you. Amen. Holy Spirit will tell you. And you just listen. Take those little baby steps. And, and he'll begin to grow you and build you. Amen. Father, we just dismiss ourselves tonight with this word. It's from your throne. It's for our church. I've heard you on it, God, and I thank you for the fruit. Uh, I, I, I ask that you take any fear away from us. Because fear is always going to be there. And Lord, if we're 